Um, so essentially um, about the, uh, the census, super, super important because what it is is a comprehensive count of everyone in the country. And the federal government uses that to allot money to certain states based on like how many people there are. So let's say Arkansas has 3 million people. And um, let's say um, in hard to count communities is what we call them. They're usually like uh, communities full of people of color. Um, let's say we only count like 2 million. That's millions of dollars in federal funding that we're missing because the state, the federal government doesn't know that we're here. So mm -hmm. that's how that works for that sense. That's one of the biggest reasons. And not just that, but um, the House, the, the U.S. Uh, House of Representatives can actually um, lose or add representatives based because, you know, it's based on population. So if there's mm -hmm. more of you in that state, you get another, you know, voice in, in Washington. So it's just exactly. a humongous, humongous deal. A lot of uh, smaller towns here in Arkansas, like Dequeen and Jonesboro, they struggle with getting hospitals because, again, part, they're usually rural areas that don't they don't have access to internet so oftentimes they don't like feel the need to fill out the census or um other times they uh just don't fill out the census because oh and, and especially if you're undocumented you don't want the government to know exactly where you are how many people mm -hmm. like they they're very very hesitant to tell the, um, the government any information especially considering that the um the president already said that he wanted to um, add a citizenship question, even though Supreme Court said no. A mm -hmm. lot, the damage has already been done. A bunch of immigrants already think that um, there's going to be a citizenship question, that there's no point. So that's going to make it even harder for them to feel like mobilized mm -hmm. to actually want to do it. And in these communities that are full of people of color, they don't have hospitals. Their roads are full of potholes. You know, their education is lacking. And that's because of of them not feeling secure enough to fill out the census or feeling like it'll benefit them in any way. Yo, what's going on everyone? Welcome to A Pretty Normal Podcast, a show that reimagines what society considers normal. Each week I interview different guests about the topics that they're most passionate about, and this week I had the opportunity of interviewing Reina Marquez, a community organizer and immigration activist from Arkansas. We had a great conversation about DACA, the importance of the 2020 census, Latinx communities, the difference between them up in the north and how they are in the south, and so much more. She's also trying to get the word out about US House of Representative candidate Joyce Elliott, who is currently running a campaign to challenge representative French Hill in Arkansas's 2nd Congressional District. So make sure you get informed about that race and make sure to please stay politically active as we approach the November elections. The presidential election is obviously very important, but just as important are the House and Senate races. So make sure you stay informed and see if there's any races going on in your area that you should know about, if there's any candidates, if there's any incumbent members that you think have been slacking off, haven't been representing your district the way that they should be. Put the heat to them and make sure that they are challenged and that they are staying alert and that they are actually doing their jobs. Can't stress enough how important Senate and U.S. House races are. Also, make sure you go check out the show notes down there. You can see all the links on how you can connect with Reina if you want to find out more information or if you want to speak to her about the 2020 census. Make sure to subscribe to the show so you get notified every time a new episode drops. Please, please, please leave us a review. It helps us get into the eyes of more people. It helps us spread the, the word. Word of mouth is always the best way to advertise. And without further ado, my name's Xavier Diaz, and you're now listening to A Pretty Normal Podcast. You're listening to A Pretty Normal Podcast, a show that highlights the fascinating stories and thought-provoking moments that make up our lives. My name's Xavier Diaz, and I want to hear your story.
Very excited to talk to you today about something very, very important, the census, and as well as I'm, I'm sure other things will come up, such as the DACA um, ruling that just passed. So, but first, tell me about yourself. Tell me about how you got into community organizing and yeah. Uh, just, yeah, in general, your story. For sure. So uh, my name is Raina Marquez, as you said. Um, I originally started with um, organizing kind of as a volunteer thing. Um, I didn't like outright say, oh, I want to go be an organizer because I didn't really know what that was. So I volunteered with Planned Parenthood for about two years. They took me to a couple of their um, conventions. So I learned how to organize at, you know, conventions in California and in Oklahoma City, you know, around the country. And um, from there, I kind of just kept volunteering and um, I was organizing events at school. I had already um, been approached about like being a political science president um, for the club at school. Um, I had already been volunteering for an um, immigration um, resource center. So I basically was offered a job there. And that's when I was like, whoa, this is a whole like job I can have and I love it. And um, so, yeah, I was with them for a little while and uh, it got really, really hectic and overwhelming with school. Cause like, you know, I'm my, my job there would be acting like a liaison for like uh, the local group of activists. Most times they were um, undocumented. Other times they were not, you know, mm -hmm. but, um, and then working with uh, representatives as well to see if we can uh, work on bills that, that would benefit them. And, you know, I'm in the middle of like, let's say class and I'm getting calls from like an immigrant saying, Hey, you know, I need help with something. Like I just wasn't able to do it to the complete capacity that I would want it to have been done. So mm -hmm. I stepped back for a little bit, but then I interned with um, the democratic party of Arkansas and um, I'm trying to get a job at, um, on my local um um, Joyce Elliott, she's running for Congress, mm -hmm. U.S. Uh, House of Representatives. I'm trying to get a job there, so we'll see how that goes. But yeah, she's, I started. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, so she's running her campaign right now. Yeah. Yep. She's running against um, French Hill District 2. Go vote if any of my friends are listening. <laughs> hey, um, everybody go get informed. For real. Yeah. Like, honestly, we need we need Joyce Elliott. She's a woman of color and French Hill is a white guy that hasn't been doing anything. He's not. He's he's a Republican. So a lot of my friends, you know, as you can imagine, aren't super satisfied with that. Mm -hmm. But um, we uh, we discussed. Um, yeah, mostly for the most part, I, I got through all of uh, my experience with um, volunteering, local volunteering, just being mm -hmm. adamant about it. And then after a while, when like the community knows you, they reach out to you and then you get to do all of these really cool projects that they think of you for. So, hey, that's awesome. And, <laughs> yeah. and what drew you to volunteering? Because it sounds like you really care about these issues. So yeah. just in general for you, like what makes it so personal and what makes you just enjoy this type of work so much? Um, I think um, the whole helping people aspect, um, I, since I started out with Planned Parenthood, my main um, thing was reproductive health care. I really, really cared because my mom had me when she was, you know, 18. My mom was a teen mom. She She's had, you know, several babies. And um, in communities of color, oftentimes that tends to be the case. People will get pregnant at a young age because we don't usually have comprehensive um, sex ed in school. Mm -hmm. So um, these people are uninformed. They don't have access to um, birth control or anything like that. So um, what I did is I basically like reached out to Planned Parenthood. I made sure I could sign up for whatever it is that I could sign up for. Like at one point I was given like a thousand condoms to pass out at school and I passed them out. Like it was awesome. Just making hey. sure that these people have access to these things, uh, whatever it may be. And then I realized, okay, it's not just sex ed that I'm interested in. It's uh, holistic. It's mm -hmm. I want to help people with everything that I can. <laughs> and so I, I basically found like my little niche in um, community organizing for immigrants because my mom was an immigrant. My family is an immigrant. I wanted to feel like I was helping like my own community. So yeah. Where's your family from? 
Um, uh, they're from Phoenix. I'm still, my family is living in Phoenix right now. I just live in Arkansas for right now, but I'm oh, I'm, back I, I meant like ethnicity wise, like, like back. Yeah. Like what is it? My Where are mom you from? is from Sonora and my dad is from Chihuahua. So we're all Mexican. Oh, okay. Okay. So if you're, you're from Mexico. Have you visited? Um, I haven't visited. I'm actually from Arizona. I haven't visited in like about a year, I want to say, but my family goes over all the time. Like every weekend they're like, all right, let's go to Mexico. And mm. it's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and is your family involved into, in politics? Like, do they get involved in any of the, uh, like the stuff that you're into? Um, not as much. <laughs> my, the last thing I heard, my grandmother voted for Obama, but I think that was it. But yeah, we're, we're, uh, I keep bugging them about being registered to vote, about making sure that, you know, you know, um, the races going on in your state, especially for Congress. I mean, that's mm-hmm. even, I would say, that the senate is more important than the presidency i don't right now i really yeah. think exactly yeah i don't i don't i think we could survive donald trump again as long as we don't have a republican majority in the in the senate so i'm hell just yeah. trying to make sure they're focused on that hell yeah whenever people are like oh donald trump is so incompetent i'm like hell yeah he's so incompetent because that is literally what <laughs> is sure. preventing so much of like his evil agenda from actually passing yes. through and i why i asked about your parents and the politics is because uh, are you first generation born here Mm-hmm. Yep. I find it interesting. Like I'm first generation born here. My family's from the oh, Dominican no. Republic and they are just not into politics at all. They're like not, they're no. still in that old Latino like mindset where it's like, just mm-hmm. come to America and work hard. This is the land of opportunity. Exactly. In the shadows. Come- yeah, exactly. And yeah. that's why I like that video that you did, uh, the bootstrap myth video. Could you talk yeah. about that? Yeah. So um, it was for a contest called um, it was hashtag um, C Alex. And it was essentially um, just um, there were different myths that we can bust. And one was about like um, mine was the bootstrap myth. Um, and other ones were um, like, if it ain't fixed, don't uh, if it ain't if it ain't broken, don't fix it. You know, things like that. That um, what's are, that one? Um, that was basically if you're if you're poor it's not like if there's not nothing wrong with it don't you know address it i guess um i I didn't do that myth but um, i saw online you know um my friend that did it and so essentially it's about raising awareness of what keeps people in poverty and why it's systemic the way that it is and mine was the bootstrap myth and i thought that was um a a real one that one that could apply to me because i did and grow up you know growing up working harder than anyone that i could see or you know oftentimes they're doing people are like oh well they're taking our jobs but no you don't want these jobs the quality of these jobs you wouldn't do them so a lot of times I felt that um it was kind of bullshit sorry if we're not allowed to swear but I no no feel free yeah it's just it's not true and especially living in Arkansas where I know that people think that that people are like you know immigrants are here to take your jobs or here to you know as our president says all of these things they believe it Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to raise awareness to the fact that no, that's not true. And I'm a living example of how that is untrue. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I was going to ask you next, what, what's like the demographic breakdown of where you live in Arkansas? I don't really know anything about Arkansas, truthfully. So I don't know what yeah. the, like the breakdown is over there. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I did research on this like a year ago, last time I did it, but it was essentially, um, I think Hispanics make up like, I want to say like eight percent or something like that it was really it was really low it was to be honest but my biggest issue with um the south in general is democrats oftentimes kind of leave it to republicans even though the south has the largest population of black people and Mm -hmm. um the not just that but the population of hispanics is growing as well so if you continue that mentality you leave a lot of people behind so there are a ton of people here who you know don't necessarily agree with what republicans are saying and we are people of color who exist here Mm -hmm. and um 
Democrats don't seem to care that much. So that's mm-hmm. like, you know trying to get trying to get that to happen with Joyce Elliott. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Yeah, that's that's so interesting. I'm from New York, so here oh. there's a huge like demographic of of, uh, awesome. of Latinos, and it's yeah. it's like I, I it might almost be a majority at this point. I don't know. There's just oh, so yeah? many. Yeah, yeah. There's like especially <laughs> here in the city, it's just you you see everything like Dominicans, mm-hmm. Puerto Ricans, uh, Colombians, oh, so just cool. a mix yeah. of everything. And then, uh, so what I try and think about is, you know, Latinos, Latinx people, we're not monolithic. Like, obviously, there are conservative Latinos and stuff, and then there are more liberal ones. So do you find that in the South, it's a it's a little bit more conservative how the mindset is for for Latinx people? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially because. um religion plays a really really big part in um what what they vote for how they vote and oftentimes abortion can be like a single um voter issue so if they're Mm -hmm. like oh democrats are for abortion no even though you know the republicans can be causing a lot of harm that are um that are that's impacting them directly in their community so yeah absolutely they're and sometimes you know how they feel like it doesn't the system doesn't work for them so they're just not going to vote so a lot of times we have a hard time getting um people of color to actually want to vote and take action Mm mm-hmm Hell yeah. And yeah, that's something. So now rolling into the census, my mom, I told my mom about the census and she was like, I'm not filling that out. I'm not filling that shit out. And she was just like (laughs) so against it. And my grandma, who's actually older, she understands. She's like, no, everybody has to fill out the census. And she tries to convince my mom so hard, like fill out the census. And I try and convince her because I filled it out. I filled it out back in like March because it's online now. There are so many (laughs) tools that make it so fast. It was almost like too fast. I was like, did I do the right thing? It was just a couple questions. (laughs) But um, yeah, so tell me about why it's important to fill out the census for anybody that doesn't know. We're halfway into the year. We still have half a year to to complete it. I I think they pushed back the deadline to when uh, you were supposed to get it because of the pandemic. Yep. Um, so essentially um, about the, uh, the census, super, super important because what it is, is a comprehensive count of everyone in the country. And the federal government uses that to allot money to sit certain states based on like how many people there are. So let's say Arkansas has 3 million people. And um, let's say um, in hard to count communities is what we call them. They're usually like uh, communities full of people of color. Um, let's say we only count like 2 million. That's millions of dollars in federal funding that we're missing because the state, the federal government doesn't know that we're here. So mm-hmm. that's how that works for that sense. That's one of the biggest reasons. And not just that, but um, the House, the the U.S. Uh, House of Representatives can actually um, lose or add representatives based because, you know, it's based on population. So if there's mm-hmm. more of you in that state, you get another, you know, voice in, in Washington. So it's just exactly. a humongous, humongous deal. Um, another thing, it, it, a lot of, a lot of, uh, smaller towns here in Arkansas, like Dequeen and Jonesboro, they struggle with getting hospitals because, again, part, they're usually you know um, rural rural areas that don't they don't have access to internet, so oftentimes they don't like feel the need to fill out the census or. Um, other times they uh, just don't fill out the census because, oh, and especially if you're undocumented, you don't want the government to know exactly where you are, how many people, mm-hmm. like they, they're very, very hesitant to tell the, um, the government any information, especially considering that the um, the president already said that he wanted to um, add a citizenship question, even though the Supreme Court said no, a mm-hmm. lot, the damage has already been done. A bunch of immigrants already think that um, there's going to be a citizenship question, that there's no point. So that's going to make it even harder for them to feel like mobilized mm-hmm. to actually want to do it. And in these communities that are full of people of color, they don't have hospitals. Their roads are full of potholes. You know, their education is lacking. And that's because of 
of them not feeling secure enough to fill out the census or feeling like it'll benefit them in any way. So, yeah. yeah, it's extremely important. It's super important. Yeah. it's So basically, it's just how much money gets allotted to your community mm-hmm. and then political power representation yep. in, in the House of Representatives. And so much has changed since 2010. Like 10 years ago is a long yeah. time and a lot has changed. A lot of people have moved to different areas. I know for a while they were talking about how New York was supposed to lose representatives because more oh. people are moving out of the state because it's just it's mm-hmm. expensive here. Like people yeah, are moving yeah. down to Florida, Texas, uh, Colorado is supposed to gain seats and stuff. So it's cool. Yeah, it, it's it's really interesting. And but it's so crazy to me that we only talk about the census they only start like putting out the ads and getting people to like be informed about it every 10 years in between those 10 years is silent so they just wait yeah yeah, they just wait till the next 10 years to then start rolling out ads and stuff and i was doing research about this and the agency or whatever that does it the census bureau they're like underfunded like crazy so they're having trouble and apparently 2010 was the most expensive census they've ever done it was like 13 billion dollars and they're trying to figure out ways to cut the cost of it. And yeah. it, it's it's uh it sucks that people don't really know about it and that they have to put in more work. And and I wonder how the census is going right now during the pandemic, because I know there are people that go to houses, right? Like how do they collect canvases? So usually um what the government will do is they'll send you like a little like it looks like a little postcard and they'll tell you, here's your code, do the census. And if you don't fill it out, someone might call you. If you don't answer, that's when you get a canvasser to your house because you haven't returned the data. Um, the canvassers usually um, can be hired by the Census Bureau, but oftentimes it's up to local communities. Like right now, I, um, I could be hired by the city of Little Rock. They will spend their money to go fund um, oh. for me to go count people, you know? So mm-hmm. um, what it is, is basically, um, if you don't fill out the census, a canvasser will come to your house and, and ask for it. And that's the only time that they will come if you haven't filled it out um, over the span of, of however long it, you do have you know time to fill it out. Mm-hmm. But um, with the pandemic, the actual census was postponed. The the bureau, uh, the Census Bureau was like, no, we're gonna postpone it for right now. So um, I'm pretty sure they're pushing it back for a couple of, of months. They extended it, like you said, um, but I'm not sure if they're ready to roll out like canvassers yet, because I know that a lot of campaigns are not gonna do that for, for right now. And I'm not sure if um, the Census Bureau is gonna follow suit. I would say I wouldn't wanna put people in jeopardy. Like you probably don't wanna get people to go house to house with the whole pandemic. Yeah, with the so, pandemic the going time, on. At the and, same time, like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, 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 continue. You know, at the same time, like, these people, if they don't get canvassers to their house, they might not, you know, fill out the census. They might not even know about it. Mm-hmm. But Exactly. So for, for the government, how do they even, like, it's hard to find... Cause we want to, we want to represent everybody. We want to get a count of everybody, even undocumented. Yeah. You don't necessarily need to put a question on there to know their status, but we want to get those exactly. people. We want to get some type of count. How, like without information of where anybody lives and anything, how does the government even get like them this information? How do they get that into their hands? And then as an Im- undocumented immigrant, I would be worrisome to see like a canvasser come up to my house, like yeah. somebody coming up with papers, trying to fill out information. I, I feel like I wouldn't go to the door. I would just, leave it there. Yeah, absolutely. Especially, yeah, absolutely. Um, so they get that information. Usually, um, ICE, as far as I know, ICE usually knows where undocumented people live. Oftentimes they're not going to go like bug you. Um, I mean, more often than not, um, lately, but, um, Mm -hmm. they usually already have that information. I'm not super sure how they find out, um, 
like what communities like happen to have a lot of undocumented folks i have mm -hmm. like no idea but um as to your other question um yeah people of color um are really really nervous especially hispanic so what we've been doing is when i was um, an organizer is when we ask for canvassers to volunteer we will only get people of color because if you have a white dude coming up to like um uh, some hispanic guys like house knock it over the door he's gonna think it's ice so mm -hmm. um i know that's one way that a lot of communities are actively seeking out people of color to make you know these folks feel safe yeah safe enough yeah. to come to the front door at least at least for that yeah and absolutely it sucks that we're in this political climate like right now yeah, especially absolutely. like where people have to be scared of this and i would be scared definitely because yeah. like even even with the issue of daca i think about it like you know, all of these people put their information, like 800,000 yes, something, exactly. put their information into a database thinking, okay, this administration is looking out for our best mm -hmm. interests or whatever. This is a good thing. The next administration comes and then everything is in jeopardy. And Absolutely. it seems like it's politics. America is always like that. Just Democrat party, then Republican party. Like it just keeps going back and forth. And then each administration just tries to slash down what the previous administration did. Absolutely. So it's so hard to fill out something in this when we have like the public has such a little trust in these institutions it really sucks absolutely yeah you're absolutely 100 right and it's just like these people put their information out there trusting that a government would help them and you know ice outright said that if the supreme court had overturned DACA, they would actively go seek you know uh, to deport these folks but in reality like these people trusted this institution because uh, you know you know how it is you have to give them all of your information where you live where you work your age all of this and it just it's crazy how like one guy could come into office and literally uplift your entire life like their mm -hmm. life right now especially since daca doesn't provide like a way to a path to citizenship they're literally in limbo and their lives depend on who's in office and that's why voting is so so important for our right. community yeah, absolutely for all yeah. communities for all communities yeah exactly it, the census and the voting thing like they have to go hand in hand like we have to know absolutely. how important it is to to get you know more representation for your community and then actually pick representatives that will defend you when stuff like this happens because i feel like it's an it's inevitable it's just mm -hmm. like the political divide in america just keeps growing and growing and i don't see like how anybody is is gonna change it i feel like at this point it's so so divided and i i really hate it um I wanted to ask you about the uh, the the DACA situation. What were your thoughts on that? Because obviously it was huge news, but I feel like yeah. people didn't really look into the details of what happened. Yes, exactly. So it was like a five four ruling against the Trump administration, but not because they said that DACA is legal. They said exactly. that the Trump administration didn't fill out like a policy memo or something. They just went yeah. about it the wrong way. A day later, Trump is like, "I'm going to try and do it again." Yeah, exactly. So what it was is um, what they decided was for the policy to have been overturned, they would have to take into, into consideration what would happen to these 800,000 um, DACA recipients. You know, once they get deported, they have to like know, okay, um, is it gonna be safe for them to go back? Or um, just the general idea of what is gonna happen mm. to all of these human beings. And they mm -hmm. and the Trump administration didn't cover that whatsoever because I mean, they don't care. So um, the Supreme Court, you know, just said over this tiny little piece of like litigation, essentially, um, that they were gonna, um, keep DACA in place but that doesn't mean that it's over it's very much still a possibility for it to be overturned and people and I, I think I mean we should be allowed to celebrate we absolutely should this Hell is yeah. hard fought and that's amazing but it does not end here and if we start to like feel like we're safe if we start to feel like um it's not going to be overturned again because I mean the Supreme Court already dealt with it you know not a big deal we're going to lose sight in the fact that it could be overturned and lives could you know we'll, we'll end up where we started to begin with 
Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it could be, it could take months. It could take a year or, or I don't know how, you know, and I, I just think that we won't be able to survive another four years of this presidency and the, the Senate and he will go after DACA again and he yeah. will be deported this time. Mm. Oh, horrible. And then, yeah. so as I was doing research, I, there's a, there was a program that launched here in New York, um, in the state right before the pandemic. And it was uh, supposed to be a program where they would give kind of like driving permits, not Mm -hmm. exactly licenses, but driving permits to undocumented uh, immigrants here, just so that it would be safer for them to do work. They wouldn't be in the shadows or anything. Um, And in my thinking of this, I was like, so, this is a great program. I think it's a wonderful program. I think it's yeah. super important that, you know, undocumented workers have some type of um, uh, documentation if they ever get Absolutely. pulled over or something. They shouldn't just be driving just in limbo. But for that program to be funded, would it be important to have a question like the citizenship question on the census or whatever? Like, would it be important to know how many undocumented people are here? Because there are programs that do help undocumented immigrants. Like, what are your thoughts on that? And I haven't really thought this through too much. All I know is that this program was a good thing for undocumented workers. And this would be like an instance where it might be a good idea to like know how many there are so that we can fund programs that will help them. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That is a very... Um, never thought about that. That's really, really cool. Cause I know that a lot there, there are about seven States, I think that actually have driver's licenses, actual driver's licenses for folks that are undocumented. We're trying to work on that here. Um, but I think that, I think that's a good idea, but probably not on the census. What I think yeah. would be the best is um, to do is find people, leaders in of those communities and um, pay them to go to where they know people of color and undocumented folks live. People that look like them, you know, people that are already trusted. And that, because if, if you ask someone, you know, if they're citizen, that's a really, really private question. That is yeah. not, you know, something that we just ask lightly. That is not even being, you know, documented. We don't usually ask people that it's so private. So I think not on the census, but I think that if community leaders are willing to take up, the, pick up the slack and maybe possibly be canvassers to those neighborhoods where they know undocumented folks already live, that'd be an absolutely great way to go about it. Yeah. That's yeah. A great question. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It was a program that it, it launched before the pandemic. And so I don't know if how many undocumented immigrants actually mm-hmm. got to go get the documentation. I know that the first day they did it, there was lines out the door at DMVs wow. and stuff because yeah, they were super excited. Like we're not going to sure. have to be in the shadows all the time for this and it was a wonderful program i don't really know where it's at right now i think the pandemic has just kind of made everybody forget about anything else that's happening yeah Uh, absolutely how how can people get more information about the census like where can they go usually um local organizations like uh your local aclu or uh, local hrc um has information about the census all of these organizations really really want to get the the count want to want to be able to get like a complete count for um their communities and so if you reach out to a trusted organization and ask them about the census i'm sure that they have a you know shit ton of information that they could share with you Mm, mm. hey hell yeah everybody go look out yeah, and I would trust them more than I would like the U.S. government. I'm not going to lie because, I mean, if you've gone to like any um, government website, oftentimes there are like weird discrepancies on there. Like, I, you know, the stimulus check, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I went online because my brother didn't get it and I was trying to find out information about why he didn't get it. And um, essentially the website said, the government website said that um, anything that about people not getting their um, stimulus checks is wrong because the media is lying to us like this is propaganda that's on a on website government that's on a dot gov man like yeah i just i wouldn't trust it so yeah just contact local organizations i would trust them far more than i would the government honestly yeah yeah 
Oh man, it sucks because the census is like the the federal government. So exactly. like we're trying to tell people to go do it, and then we're like, oh man, well you should also like not trust them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you seen um Dave Chappelle um new stand up? His eight, yeah, yeah, eight forty six, eight forty seven, yeah, or eight forty six. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. one part that he like he's like all of our institutions lie to us, and that speaks really, really high, not highly. That speaks volumes of the kind of world that we live in. I mean, this is. Uh, uh, world of fake news man people are like bombarding us with a bunch of false information information that's exaggerated like where do you go to find reputable sources if the government if you can't trust the government exactly yeah yeah straight up that's why when donald trump says things like fake news and all this stuff Mm -hmm. like part of it sticks because people are like shit like there is a lot of fake news but what you know what they don't see is that what trump considers fake news is news that paints him in a bad picture anything that paints him in a bad picture is fake news but there is actual fake news out there like there is a lot of things that get retracted things that like you know so it sucks that he picks his like enemies real well like he's like all right who who do people like people will overlook yeah. that I'm such a shitty person because they'll side with me. It's like the enemy of my enemy is my friend type thing. But yeah, yeah, exactly. got to keep fighting. And and what do you think about the 2020 elections? What are your your how is Ar- is Arkansas Republican, by the way? Like, do you guys have mm-hmm. a Republican governor? Yeah, we're really Republican. The last Democrat that uh, we had was Bill Clinton <laughs> oh, really? a long yeah. time ago. Hey, that's 1990s. Yeah. Um, Yes, exactly. It's been too long. But yeah, we're, we're mostly Republican. Um, the governor is Republican. Most of uh, all of our uh, representation in Washington is Republican. Tom Cotton. Yeah, he's. Out. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, that, now that I think yep. of it, he is your senator. Yeah, yeah. he's been on the uh, on the, the news a lot. He's literally yeah, like yeah. the authoritarian military yes dude oh yeah people here love it like when you live in rural areas like they are so here for it like oh my gosh i don't know if you knew this but the kkk has like their headquarters in arkansas there are some towns where you can't in arkansas yeah there are some towns where like people of color will not go because they outright um have like billboards that say white pride you know it just there are um it just it's it's a matter of feeling safe and so yeah tom cotton does really really well here unfortunately but yeah yeah, it's mostly republican where i'm feeling hopeful about the 2020 election because it seems like people are waking up and realizing like hey this is a matter of life and death for all of our communities even if it doesn't impact you directly like you're we live in a community so if someone else is deported that's going to impact you too so um my one concern about the this election it's obviously interference, especially with um, voting machines being um, not not being updated, especially because Mitch McConnell sits on these bills or, you mm-hmm. know, uh, declines them and he refuses to update any kind of voter election security whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Surprise. But um, my biggest um, concern is, let's say we do get Trump out of office, you know, and uh, we get Joe Biden. People are going to relax. And in the next yeah. four years, they're going to be like, all right, you know, it's cool. We got the guy that we needed. We're not going to have Trump again. But no, we have to continue to be this furious and, you know, this mobilized for the rest of however long until we're safe. You know, I, I just I don't see this ending anytime soon, even after um, the elections. So no, I just yeah. hope that people stay, you know, um, informed, fired up. Yeah, because I know for sure if we do get Trump out of the office, his base will be super mobilized. His base yeah. will definitely be super fired up. And come 2024, I hope we have a better candidate. Like at this point, Joe Biden is the guy, I guess, that that we're taking. Like I guess. he's the one. <laughs> he's it, it's almost yeah. like a popularity contest, and he's the most popular. So I don't know. I guess we'll put him up against Trump and hopefully he does well. But 2024, oh, cool. please give us somebody who actually like has like 
I don't know, spirit, energy, something like a, a change yeah. for the future. I'll take Joe Biden for now because let's stabilize things and then yeah. let's get some big change going on. But yeah, do, does the do, other question, does the KKK still meet like in Arkansas? Like, do they still have? Yeah, they do. Meetings? Last oh, time I yeah, they do. It's crazy. There was um, one lady that was running an or uh, she ran a business. I can't remember where it is. It's in Arkansas. I was reading about it yesterday and she uh, her store is just essentially anything that has a confederate flag on it it could be like mugs or like swimming uh swimsuits or like just random like pens anything that has a confederate flag on it and she was like oh no i'm not you know i'm not a white supremacist i'm, I'm not like part of the kkk turns out she has a history of supporting K the kkk oh, so God. yeah they still meet the last time i read um on arkansas uh, hate something they they usually watch hate groups um mm -hmm. they had a meeting and only like nine people showed up so i'm hoping that like the well, numbers are fall yeah, yeah, exactly. And the thing is that to be like a group like that, you have to be really good at organizing. And I think mm -hmm. that they lack that and probably for the benefit of everyone else. Hey, so, that's um, good. Yeah, they still meet. Maybe they're too traditional and they don't know how to use like social media in the way that more Hopefully. younger people know how to like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, let's hope they don't get younger KKK members. Let's hope those numbers For keep real. declining. And are people pissed about like, you know, the Confederate uh, monuments and stuff that are being torn down? Like, how are people um, reacting to that? And has there been any protests in Arkansas? Oh, yeah, there have been so many protests here, um, especially in Little Rock. Um, actually, last week or the weekend, yeah, last weekend, they shut down uh, four Walmarts. Um, Walmart was started here in Arkansas, so they have their grips on a lot of politicians here. Um, they are basically single-handedly um, turning our school district into a charter school district, which just takes money out of out of, of those communities that need it. And um, so they shut down, they protested Walmart because um, for every like one um, job that Walmart provides, it reduces two and a half jobs for a small business. Mm -hmm. So they're just really upset that that um, our governor Asa Hutchinson just basically bends to whatever Walmart wants, even though it's to the detriment of their own communities. Mm -hmm. So people are, you know, protest Walmart. They were at the Capitol. Um, they got tear gassed. It was, it was everything that you see happening elsewhere it happened here too like oh, wow. and not just that the coolest thing about that was like it happened in small towns too that have majority white population like we saw a lot of solidarity across the board even in arkansas so i think that speaks volumes to the that how enormous this movement is you know so i think that um yeah we had protests we had um, people that cared but yeah there people are upset about the confederate uh, statues um mm. there's one taken down in little rock actually yesterday and people were all up in arms about it but i mean it's what the community wants the community that lives there is is um I feel like if your community is the one that has to see it every day, maybe exactly. you should have more say. Like if you want it, your community, take it. That's what a lot of cities are doing. They're giving it to organizations that want it. Take it, get it out of here. I don't care if it's on your property. Just this is our community. My black child, you know, their their children are going to have to see all of that. Like my my friend, Don Jeffrey, um, she was, um, she took her children, Her she's a black woman, and she took her children, her three black children, to go watch this be taken down because we're living in history. Like, this is history in the making, and there's no one uh, right way to react to it. So I think that making sure that your children are part of it helps it stick for future generations. Hey, that makes me feel good to know that, like, it's not just happening in big cities across the yeah, U.S., yeah. like even in smaller cities We're and smaller too. towns. <laughs> hey, showing solidarity. Thank you so much, Raina. Can you tell the listeners where they can find out more information about you? 
Yeah, so um, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Reina Marquez. Um, I also did um, a storytelling event about my life story uh, at um, the yarn story, uh, yarnstorytelling.com. It's um, in my link in my bio on Instagram. My Instagram is Reina uh, underscore M42. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for having me. Awesome. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was a great conversation. <laughs> Super excited. For we sure. touched on a lot of awesome like topics and um, you're doing awesome work. Keep going. Like thanks. it's really cool <laughs> that you just accident, not accidentally, but you got into it in like a small way. Yeah, and now you're like, how. yeah, yeah. Now you're going to keep doing it. And we need more people like you informing people and representing like communities of color. So thank you so much, Raina, for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. <laughs> hey, have a great day. Thanks, you too. Bye. Thank you to everyone who supports the show and has shared this show with a friend or a loved one. A special thank you to our guest, Reina Marquez, for coming on the show and for informing people about the U.S. 2020 census and for getting the word out about Joyce Elliott out in Arkansas's 2nd Congressional District. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at A Pretty Normal Podcast. Twitter is at Pretty Normal Pod. And message me if you'd like to come on the show or if there's any topic you want me to cover. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. That's where we're most active. We do a lot of Instagram lives with a lot of different guests. Also, we're doing a lot of monologues, weekly monologues about different subjects that we don't always cover on this podcast, but they're a blast to do and they're all on Instagram. So make sure you go and follow us on Instagram at A Pretty Normal Podcast. Podcast. Once again, thank you so much for your support. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for reviewing. And thank you for staying with me. I can't believe it's now episode 58 and we got a ton more in store for you. So thank you for rocking with me. My name is Xavier Diaz and this was a pretty normal podcast.